Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hello, everyone. I'm glad you joined me on this episode of Equipped to Be. I am joined with a special guest, Janet and Jeff Banks. So excited to have them, and I know you're going to love listening to them as well. So they are the authors of over 300, did you hear me? 300 books. I am the author of one. They have definitely got a 300 to one ratio. (laughs) But I am so glad that you've joined me. Um, Thank you for coming and doing this podcast with me, Janet and Jeff. Please say hello. Hi, it's great to be here, Connie. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Okay, so I talk about in my podcast, Equipped to Be, because, you know, we all have unique gifts, strengths, and talents. And I would love for you to tell me a little bit about your story. I mean, having 300 books and you've co-written these. So, you know, these, y'all have been married for over 40 years. <laughs> you write together, you live together. Yeah. How do you, how do you do this? It's amazing we've survived. It's a miracle. <laughs> Um, I think most people would think I can't, you know, I would never be able to do that with my spouse, but you guys have, have, have really in many ways mastered that. Right. But let me back up for a second and ask you how, you know, when you think about gifts, strengths, and talents, I struggle to write one book. It's not my gifting. I am a communicator, a, a, a verbal oral. I can just, you know, like this podcast, I can talk all day long, but the writing part, the process for me was really difficult and challenging. So how did you know, um, and answer me like in separately, because mm-hmm. I think it, you both probably came to this at a different time frame. but how did you know you were going to have this decades long career in <laughs> writing? <laughs> oh, when we started out, I don't think that we did. Neither of us, uh, aspired to be writers ever. Um, before I became a writer, I was a chef Oh, and cooked and uh, worked on a ship as a head cook. Uh, so this was quite a change. Uh, we were invited to go to a, a school and learn from a couple named John Elizabeth Sherrill, um, who had written The Cross and the Switchblade in The Hiding Place and God Smuggler and all sorts of books that were really uh, Christian books were popular. And they had popularized the idea of telling stories in a very... Um, narrative sense like uh like they were a novel which was something new for telling non-fiction stories back then and so we went in fair and trepidation in fact i turned them down i think four times before i finally <laughs> agreed to we were living in the philippines at the time to go to uh texas to where this school was being held and finally we went and i don't for me it was like oh man this is pretty straightforward you know I just like oh did you think it was fun yeah yeah I thought it was fun and I clicked I know there was other people in the in the school that were with us who really struggled with it but for some reason it was just like oh yeah I get this this is this is yeah I can do this um and so from that time on we just we we started writing uh we started working on a book project 
while we were still students in that school. And then from there, we just uh, embarked upon a career. That was 34 years ago. And so we started out uh, back, in the, back in those days. Ghostwriting was a big thing. And uh, we, we started writing ghostwriting ghost for other people. And uh, we soon fell in with a lot of publishers here and in Europe, um, in the, you know, mostly in the Christian publishing world, uh, who needed work done. So we kept busy. It started uh, raising, you know, earning our living that way. And that, I, for us, that was great because not very many people uh, earn their full-time living from writing books. There's only like 4% of writers actually make their full-time living yeah, from I've doing Yeah, I've actually it. heard that before. Yeah. And so we were lucky enough to be in that 4%. So it's been, writing has been good to us. But I tell, I tell people all the time, look, I didn't go looking for writing. Writing came and found me. So Janet, did you feel the same way? Did he have to convince you? Oh, honey, I think we can do this. Uh, well, we, yeah, because we started off, I, uh, I, I'm dyslexic. So I um, have, um, you know, a, a love-hate relationship with my education and with writing. Um, I always had good ideas marred by poor spelling and presentation. I mean, I might as well just have had that stamped on my forehead going through school. (laughs) (laughs) Here, just tell the teacher, here, this is what you're going to say about me at the end of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Ta-da! But I always loved to read. I Once I got reading down, I love, love, love to read. And so... um, we did have a rocky start. I think it is very difficult to work with your spouse. Um, and we did have times where we literally just wanted to give up. We started on a mercy ship called the Anastasis, a YWAM ship, a hospital ship. And we started just writing a newsletter home. And um, we were very young. And Jeff assured me he could type. <laughs> I could. So I he sw- corrected the grammar. Uh, no, no. This is this is he. Well, well. The problem was that the only typewriter. There was no computers, of course. The only typewriter that we had access to was a, a European one, in which a few of the letters are in different spots. It was a Dutch one, yes. <laughs> so, um, so the, can you imagine where you would be? The C was where the S should be. <laughs> so, can you imagine where you would be if you would have had Grammarly back then? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I was like, so Jeff just kept messing up this newsletter, which of course you couldn't just you know go back and erase. And so I was, uh, I think I was very frustrated and ungracious with him as I was yelling at him. You told me you could type. <laughs> so that was an inauspicious beginning. Um, and when we first, and then when we got to the Philippines, says the lady with dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was relying on him. And then uh, when we got to the Philippines, we. Uh, ended up writing the national newsletter and that was totally exhausting to write a thousand word uh, essay on something that was going on. It just was like exhausting. So the thought of writing a whole book did seem totally overwhelming. But when we did get to John Elizabeth Sherrill's um, writing school in Texas, um, it just really, I was... A, a light came on, and and what happened was they unpacked a book for us. They started talking about the hiding place, and they told us why certain things were there. That things were there to keep the uh, reader interested. They were there to create 
a backstory but keep it moving forward at the same time. They were there to add a little more information. They were there so that later on they could refer back to it. And at, at that point, I was like, oh my goodness, because until then I had really thought that writers just, it just kind of downloaded on you from <laughs> heaven. I mean, it was just like came through your brain and out your hands. And then I realized these are techniques. These are things you can learn and you can master and you can do over and over. And it, you don't have to wait for inspiration. You just can learn to do it. So from that point on, I was... Like, I never read a book the same way again. <laughs> so you kind of deconstruct the right. whole book now and to yes. see their style. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. it's fantastic. Well, let me ask you this, because there was a couple of things that you said that piqued my interest, especially as it relates to Equip to Be. Um, you know, oftentimes people feel like, oh, I'm just not enough, I'm not good enough. And here you said, I I was dyslexic. I had problems here. I struggled there. I didn't I didn't aspire to do this. Um you studied and you honed your craft over the years. So even if you are equipped and you have this acumen to be able to do it, um, it doesn't just fall from heaven. No. You have to study and be a student of your craft, right? I think so. And I think there that uh, I don't think everybody can write every style at all. And I think that what we do is is quite complex, um, deceptively complex, but... Um, I think a lot of people could do it, but yeah, who's going to put the time in to yeah, do it? Yeah, if only 4% make their money, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to have that it's, kind of time, right? It is, yeah. and yeah, and I think we were very fortunate in that we had each other mm -hmm. um, because we'd both done exactly the same course, and so um, we were able to, you know, help each other to stay on, on track yeah. and like, oh, maybe we should do it this way, look back in our notes and things like that, so I think that was very helpful. Right, and there is no, in the end, no right and wrong way to write. And uh, you know, we 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 got all this information, but then it was had to make it, internalize it, and make it our own, mm. and then throw out stuff that we didn't really use or something. You know, we didn't agree with everything. I was going to say, do you guys fight over? Uh, no, no, I really want that sentence in there. Like, no, that doesn't fit the narrative of what we're trying to do. I mean, do you do you kind of get into that banter? Uh, occasionally, occasionally <laughs> yes, we have other arguments uh, around the, those. Those things. I mean, these are these are yeah. like these are your babies. These, yes, they know, these are. These are words oh, yeah. that you're constructing. And these are hours for me because I do the initial research yeah. and the initial outlining and and some of the writing, and then Jeff takes it from there. Um, so I might, yeah, I might spend two days uh, researching something uh, that might be literally one sentence, mm. and it might start off as two paragraphs. Because I just got fascinated with it. I love research. Yeah. And Jeff will be like, oh, you know, this is, we don't need all of this. We just need to say, you know, this one sentence. And, and yeah, that, I think that's my hardest struggle is that that took me a lot of time and it's very fascinating. And it to has you, to, it's very fascinating. It has to go. <laughs> and yeah, that we do. Um, we have very defined uh, roles. It's not like, you know, playing the piano together as a duet. You can't, we can't sit at the same uh, computer board and do have the keys each so even though you say we say we write a book together and we do we are writing um you yeah, we have our own very defined sections roles. of it mm. right yeah okay okay well let me ask you rapid fire because i know we want to keep our time down here um jeff favorite book <laughs> gosh 
You know, I don't know. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Janet, what's your favorite book? I you? don't have a favorite book. Whatever I'm reading at the moment, I'm yeah. just like into. So um, let me okay, so let me ask you a different question. So your <laughs> what are your what do your readers often kind of give back? What kind of feedback do they give you? Um, I think oh well, a lot of them. Uh, one of the things that I find as an ex elementary school teacher, one of the things I find they they say. Uh, the adults often say is that this is our books are the first books that their kids have managed to read right through and I think that is pretty amazing I will tell you for my own children I have five children we homeschooled yes that was that's exactly the Mm -hmm. case I could they could take that book and then they would just tuck away somewhere and enjoy that book whether Mm -hmm. it was a read aloud but as they progressed and they could start reading on their own um, I really loved what you do I love the way you you uh, integrate principles and character as you're telling the story and you keep it you keep it engaging and entertaining mm-hmm. and that alone is a really hard skill to yes. master <laughs> so oh, i'm going to yeah. ask you this question uh, if you were starting today um knowing that the odds of one being published and two making a living what would you what what words of uh I guess I'm trying to think of the word I would say. What, what words of encouragement would you give to that person who's pining away, thinking maybe we're going to endeavor on this? I'm not talking about as a couple, as because that's even you know another whole layer. <laughs> <laughs> but what what would you you know what would you recommend? Uh, I would say, and please it, don't say don't do it. No, <laughs> no run. <it's, laughs> we need more writers uh, for sure. Uh, you got to stick with it. You got to. You've got to be committed to it. It's not always easy. One of the things that, in writing, as in most of the arts, is you just got to learn to take rejection. You're going to get so much rejection, and you have to learn to rise above that and just keep going. And um, that it that is all I can say. Plus, as well, you know, I'm a guy. I failed English abysmally twice in high school um interesting i am the least likely person that you would imagine would end up as a writer so it doesn't matter it's not about qualifications it's not about anything you learn as you go along my english my grammar is pretty darn good now um but so you just just keep keep learning and keep doing okay um you know and it's a craft that you hone and you get better the more you do yes what about you um i would say um Two things. I would say start writing for other people to read it. It really doesn't matter how uh, insignificant it would seem to you. Um, When we started writing, it was for like 30 of our friends and family. And uh, that was pretty much it. And and our whole career um, blossomed out of that. So is there something you can write now? I mean, can you write your church uh, newsletter or, you know, a feature for it or can you write for your local paper or just can you write anything just get writing because once you start um, you you know you build your confidence and I, I think the other thing is figure out what you would really like to write and find out someone who does it really well ask around until you find somebody who does that what you want to do really well and then get their writing and like Read the same thing several times. Instead of reading four books, read one book four times. Because the first time when you read a book, you're always reading to see what happens. That's just how we read. But after you've read the same one four times, you know what happens and your brain switches into another mode somewhere between book one and book four, fourth reading. And you, you start to 
understand how it's constructed. And once you've once you've figured out how something's constructed, you can go for it. Right. Yes, you go. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! <laughs> you know, I from my own personal experience, uh, I did not have a background in writing. I never aspired like you. I never aspired to be a writer. But there was a component that we haven't really Ooh. talked about, and that is the faith component. If God has called you to do it, and you are getting up every morning, and like you said, Janet, just write something. Or like right. we had said, hone your craft. Just start mm-hmm. putting your thoughts down on paper. Um, show up, trust the Lord, and he will, and ask him to open the doors. Or in my case, I just kept saying, close the doors. If you don't want me to do it, close the doors. Um, but that was my experience. And you just never know the power of you started this whole thing, this whole conversation off with about learning about telling a story. And what you what I found in my experience and probably with yours is God's writing a story through your process. And we are an epistle known and read of all men. And you being able to speak into young authors' lives or even my own life, oh, you know, maybe I could do more than one. Or this young child who is a, a teenager and he's going, I don't know what I want to do. And he keep, he hears that little whisper. Um, I think we'd probably all agree you know, listen to that whisper mm-hmm. and right. take the next step. And mm-hmm. God's going to make it That's really it. clear if mm-hmm. you're not going to write or not. Um, you know, eventually the doors will not open. You're like, well, maybe I should try yeah, something right. else. <laughs> exactly. And if they open, just keep walking through them one after the right. other. Right. And I would say, too, that writing is writing. Um, I see a lot of people who hesitate to write and they do everything but write. They go to writing seminars and they join writing clubs and but they don't write. And in the end, you know, the person who actually writes is the person that's going to get where they're going. Um, it's, it's easy to sit on the peripherals and, you know, get all of the accoutrements of of being a writer but to actually be a writer I mean John Bunyan wrote in prison with a a pen and a piece of paper it it, it, you can do that for free you can you can go and get a pencil from the library and you can use the back of old pieces of paper I mean that's literally all it takes Mm -hmm. everything else is extra so you really don't have any excuse you know right writing in the end is a solitary and sometimes very lonely um, professional thing to do. You've got to get away. You've got to lock yourself. It's just you and your computer or pencil and paper, and you've got to write. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there are lots of people who like the whole idea of being a writer and all the social stuff that goes around it. But as I tell people, real writers write, and you've got to sit down and do that. So there's there are people who love to write that they're – they're really, they struggle with the promotion and the marketing, mm-hmm. which you all know mm-hmm. is hard to do. Yeah. That's so a different skill set. And then you have people who are very, they're good at marketing. They're good at getting the message out, but they struggle with the actual mm-hmm. writing process. So I, I, I think as we conclude this, I, I want to just kind of end on two things. One, if God's whispering in your ear, if he has called you and he has equipped you, then you need to pursue that. And if you if if it comes to a dead end, at least you have shown up and you've given it your best effort. You don't know if you're going to be a one-book author, a no-book author, or you're going to have compiled a, a legacy of 300 books that changed the lives of, I think you've had over 6 million. I, I don't want to make this number uh, yeah, exaggerated. There's, there's somewhere between... 
Yeah, well, that's six, not an exaggeration. Six, six to eight <laughs> yeah. million of the, the heroes' books. Yeah, that's, it's know. just incomprehensible to me that six yeah. million. But that's just the power of the written word because there was uh, the the one thing we didn't talk about is just the ability to sit there and be disciplined. It's a discipline, mm-hmm. like you were saying. You need a piece of paper and you need to get in a room and you need to be disciplined to do it. Yeah. The second thing is, I'd love for you guys to tell us. Uh, what are you working on now? I, I, I know you're not finished. Uh, you've got some projects in the hopper. Please tell us what you're, you've got going now. Uh, well, what you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, finished a, a, a book we were writing on Albert Schweitzer earlier in the, uh, the end of last year. We just started, uh, was it January? On um, Dwight Eisenhower. Oh, that's interesting. Who is, mm-hmm. yeah, we were like, ah, uh, another general. You know, we've written on a couple. More war. More <laughs> war, yeah. Uh, but honestly, it's he's a fascinating, and his story is pretty pretty neat. Yeah, so I think you're going to enjoy reading that. And, of course, we are putting together a podcast as I'm well. I'm excited about that. Yeah. yeah. It's called uh, No Fiction Needed, and it's Jeff and I uh, just kind of talking about Things that we have learned um, and things that I find when we're researching that I have to tell someone about and just tips and hints on writing. And then occasionally we'll, we will also have interviews with people that we have written about, like um, Charles Muli, who uh, is in Kenya. So we'll have the odd interview where we can uh, get an update on him if you know, on that book. So we're very excited. We talk all the time. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, we might as well put the mic on and and see who else wants to jump in and join us. It's a little bit of a pivot that you're going through. So listen, we're going to close up today. I am so grateful that y'all were here today. We could have this conversation. Uh, Listeners, I'm I'm just glad you were able to join us on Equip to Be. You know, it's so important that you remember who God's called, he's equipped. We never think that we are enough um, I, and I think that's good that we we often hesitate and wonder because it makes us um, soul search a little bit and it makes us you know dig a little deeper. So, listeners, I hope you were blessed by this uh, conversation with Jeff and Janet. And make sure that you stay tuned for their podcast coming, their next books. And as we close, just tell us the la- the website they can go to visit you at benchbooks.com. Woohoo! Would you spell that? B e n g e. B-O-O-K-S dot com. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. And listeners, uh, stay tuned for the next episode of Equip to Be with Connie Albers. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equip to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.